Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This show is brought to you by The Makery, the podcast network for makers. Hey guys, welcome back to the Art of Craftsmanship podcast. My name is Dustin O'Hara, and I'm here with my brother and co-host, Devin. Hello. And we are joined by a good friend of ours, Matt Brown. Howdy. All right, Devin, what do you got for us today? What came first, the music or the misery? People worry about kids playing with guns or watching violent videos. That some sort of culture of violence will take them over. Nobody worries about kids listening to thousands, literally thousands of songs about heartbreak, rejection, pain, misery, and loss. Did I listen to pop music because I was miserable? Or was I miserable because I listened to pop music? Matt, take it away. <laughs> nice. I love the flair. I can't help myself. <laughs> Devin knows that. <laughs> that's yeah, our that's, um that's our live uh intro by Matt Brown. Um yeah. we'll, we'll talk about more. Give him the whole rundown, but Matt is the other half of the music behind the channel. Absolutely. Um, and he's got his live guitar and vocal setup today. So we're going to do a little music later. Probably just some instrumental stuff. It'll be it'll be a good time. Yeah. Um <clears throat> that's you just uh the quote you just did. Uh only one other time have you have you quoted something where I was excited about the quote so much that I was like pumping my fist in the air as you were <laughs> quoting. <laughs> the other time was the Waterworld quote, which I love that one as well. Uh, so, Dust, Dustin, I you know love, it, but Matt, do you have it. any idea what that is? Oh, man. I was, no. I was going to guess maybe, <laughs> it sounded like maybe a Tipper Gore quote at first, but I, <laughs> but then it kind of took a turn, and I don't think it's her anymore, so I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's, a, it's a quote from a movie. <laughs> oh. a, music, a movie about music, or about... Yeah, no, it's about music. Yeah, it's about yeah. music. Yeah. Spinal Tap. Not that no. one. I would no. know. No. <laughs> mm. <laughs> um, is it Coen Brothers movie? No. Okay. No. It's got it's one of Jack Black's <clears throat> earliest movies. Ah, uh, yeah. There you go. John I got uh, nothing. John Cusack. Yeah, John Cusack. Starring in Dustin Take It Away. That is uh <clears throat> The shoot, why <laughs> completely <laughs> the name of it just like just out of my mind. So, high uh, fidelity, high fidelity. That's it. <laughs> high fidelity, man. That is such it's such an awesome movie. I um, I think I was in high school, maybe high school, maybe early college, and our oldest brother, uh, Derek, who joined us on the podcast a couple couple weeks ago, um, he. 
I think he got it from Blockbuster or something and brought it home. And and uh, he was like, you know, I've heard good things about this movie, but I've also heard that it's kind of like a chick flick. He was like, let's check oh. it out. And and I was like, man, I was sold right away. It's Jack Black, John Cusack, and uh, and they work in a record store, and it's all like top fives. And he does the, uh, I guess he breaks the third wall, right? You know, so he talks to the audience right. a lot. And John Cusack does. He does the, the he movie. does his thing where right he what's the what's that one romantic movie where he's holding up the the boom box at the end? Say anything, uh, say anything. Yeah. Right. So he's really good at that. <laughs> talking right to the camera, like talking about facts. And it's a great um, book by Nick Hornby, which also yeah. he wrote uh, Fever Pitch and a couple other books. He's a British um, mm-hmm. British writer, and I loved the movie. Um, obviously, Dustin had it, Derek had it, and we had the tape. Yep. And then I read the book, and it's just more of the movie. Um, yeah. Maybe there's the slight differences, but not much, because that takes um, – I guess the American one's in Chicago, and High Fidelity obviously is in London for the London, for the British right. writer. But so good, yeah. I uh, the guy who plays um, what's his name? The other character, the guy that works at the uh, record store, uh, like, uh, Rob's the main one, and then there's yeah. right the the w- weird skinny guy. Yeah, right. His he plays that like almost that exact same character in uh, I think it's Jerry Maguire. Where he's like the mm. babysitter or something, and he plays like this kind of nerdy music guy who makes mixtapes and stuff, and it's like the exact same character. I was like, "What in the world?" <laughs> like I saw Jeremy <laughs> by after I saw High Fidelity, I was like, "This is the same character." I was like, I actually looked into it. I did some research to see if you know they used the same universe, you know, for some reason. I was like, no, I didn't. <laughs> but yeah, he plays almost the exact same character, and that yeah, that's such a great quote. You know, I just he <laughs> he uh, John Cusack so so like. Uh, he's he's so like emotional in that movie, and it's so good with him talking to the audience, and you know, just, right. I don't know. It, he he like flawlessly goes back and forth between talking to the audience and then playing the role in yeah. the, like in the actual scene. It's so good. Have you not seen High Fidelity, Matt? I have not, and I also have not seen Jerry Maguire. So, oh boy, <laughs> they may have been yeah, before guys, my time. Totally <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they were before my time too, kind yeah, of, but. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, Jack Black is you know he's this good old Jack Black character, like crazy. Uh, but they all they all love music and they know so much. Mm-hmm. Their their knowledge of music goes so so deep that yeah. like every reference they make is a super obscure reference, and you know they 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 like challenge each other to more obscurity and stuff. It's great. It's so funny. <laughs> yeah, so I love obscure I love fans it. are my middle name. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. The, I just love the end. Uh, do I listen to pop music? because I was miserable or was I miserable because I listened to pop music. It's the second one. (laughs) It's the second one. Yeah. There's um, a, go ahead. I was going to say, I I, I'm trying to remember that scene. Is that, that's him like at the end and he's, he's got like the headphones on he's sitting there and he's like talking about it. And he's like, you know, so many records about loss loss and love and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I just, it's it's so good. It's so good. Um, was, Oh, the other, <laughs> I'll do a bonus quote. It's uh, an old uh, Bob Newhart joke. It's, <laughs> um, he says, I don't like country music, but I don't mean to denigrate those who do. And for people who like country music, denigrate means put down. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
that's uh, great. <laughs> Nowadays, you got to define what you mean, though, by country music. Uh, you right? Know? Uh, it's yeah. not. It's uh, that that is pop music now. It's not country. For There's sure. still a lot of good. A oh lot yeah, of good underground yeah. country. You know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and um, that's that's the thing. I mean, we all we all everyone only you know unless you're really into music and you're you're willing to do the digging, we all only see the you know the top whatever two oh, yeah. percent mm-hmm. of of music in the world. The things that actually get out there. Then there's so much music you know that's behind the scenes that you oh, never yeah. know about unless you knew someone who was in the band, like Pushing Giants, or you know you <laughs> unless you know somehow you know unless you were part of the music scene, you know within a within a city. Like I've seen a bunch of yeah. small bands and things in Baltimore, but you know, and they are great bands, but I would have never seen them if I lived in another city. You know, I might see uh, bands from that city. Well, that's honestly the worst part so far of... So we moved to Las Vegas earlier, well, on January 1st. Um, and coming from a place like Baltimore, where you have, you know, the Baltimore scene is great. You have DC, you know, like mm-hmm. the whole Discord record thing. Richmond is, uh, you know, like super awesome, tons yep. of heavy music and whatever. And here in Las Vegas, it's all just big corporate, um, you know, House of Blues type stuff. And mm. of course, the the virus may have had something to do with it. But like, I haven't seen a darn local show or right. anything, you know? Yeah, it's so. like, um, it's, I was watching an old uh, Dave Attell. Remember that show Insomniac? Yeah, yeah. He would go to, you know, he would just party from, he'd like have a show, and then after his comedy show, he would go out and shoot an episode until like 5 a.m. Right. And he, he went to Vegas, and, and then yeah, David Tell. some of the little Vegas shows, like the small ones that it used to be like with an Elvis impersonator and five dancing girls <laughs> and stuff like that, they're like, yeah, we're kind of dying because obviously like Cirque du Soleil and stuff like that. Yeah. It's yeah, kind of, yeah. I feel like that must be the everything it's too big business to really have like small things it's got to be when people go there they want to see like broadway level entertainment yep, and if they right. don't they feel like le- it's not it's not as kitschy yeah yep. yeah exactly and that, I think- all the small stuff is like niche you know it's like you mm-hmm. get you can go into the old strip and see that stuff but that's not where the big you know that's what not where the big money is and the big money is mm-hmm. what pushes everything yeah yep yeah, yeah so i mean We'll see. So I, uh, I guess we'll introduce Matt now. Uh, yeah, we were in a band together uh, called Pushing <laughs> Giants. Um, Matt is an amazing guitar player. Uh, Les Paul, Taylor flag waving, uh, amazing rock star. Um, he, I'll, I'll say how I, I, I met him. I. It's a good story. Yeah. I, <laughs> I, <laughs> I was talking to my brother Drew and saying how I I, I want to be in a band. Uh, Dustin and I were in a band for a while, mm-hmm. for well, not a while, a, a, a minute. Yeah, and then <laughs> you know that kind of stopped, and Dustin moved away. And I was talking to Drew, and and he Actually, said, "You moved away." Was that we were in Baltimore and you moved to New York? Oh, so you moved away, and so did so did Chris and. And then it was just Steve and I. So actually, yeah, uh, <laughs> we'll get we'll get to this further down the line. But this also revolves around uh, music and stuff. So obviously, but go ahead, Dev. Okay, well, I'm sorry. So it was me. I broke up the band. And left. <laughs> you broke up the band. Seeing how After I was, I was half the guitar player and half and uh, half the vocals front and sing vocals. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're just right back to it. The, the yeah, craftsmanship. You guys had a little Jack White. Um, um, <laughs> thing going drummer and guitar, Steve and I. Steve yeah, right. <laughs> uh, white stripes. Um, 
<laughs> so anyway, I came back and I was like, I want to get a band again. And Drew says, our friend Matt is a drummer. And I talked to the drummer and I said, Matt, you know, he's like, yeah, I know this. This guy is awesome. Amazing guitar player. Come up and visit him uh, a town near us. <laughs> I was like, okay. And <laughs> I think, Matt, you you had told the other Matt. Let's not get him mixed up. Drummer Matt. <laughs> how, how did you tell him you were? I'm always 18. <laughs> he was 18, but weren't you like 15 or 16? <laughs> I think I was 16. I think it was like 10th grade or something. Right. <laughs> and we were, I guess we were still in our early 20s, but still, that's a big difference. And then, but it came up and whatever, it didn't didn't matter. Right. But just, yeah, he crushed it. He's amazing. Matt's such a good guitar player. And then, so we started doing covers and jamming together and really fun. And then I guess... Uh, came up with a song, and then once you write your first song, you gotta like come up with a band name. Like we're a band now, right? We can <laughs> we can make our own band. Um, yeah, and, and that, that's what we did. And then we you know made some, I guess we made some albums, but they were just they're they're fun basement albums that we did all on one little uh, digital interface and a, a little laptop, and yeah, it was fun. Stuff. That's what I'm talking through right now. Still yeah. going nice. The uh, Windows when, Seven baby. <laughs> <laughs> when uh, when when I myself and my wife and daughter moved back to Baltimore after I was in grad school, we moved back in 2011, and at the time, uh, uh, my my older brother Drew and his now wife were gonna getting ready to get married. So they were kicking Devin out of their house. <laughs> They're like, are we getting married? You know, you know, in so many words, whatever. <clears throat> but uh, we were moving back and we realized it was cheaper to look for a, a three bedroom apartment than it was to just find a, a one bedroom or a two bedroom apartment for us and our daughter, who was right. like, I guess, uh, maybe one and a half or something at the time, maybe two. And so we reached out to Devin and he moved in with us and we found an awesome place, you know, with three bedrooms and whatnot. And uh, there I remember often, you know, very often you'd be in your, in your room with your own computer and your recording setup and just playing music. And, you know, also just as often our daughter would be in there with you and she'd be like jamming out, you know, you'd play the music on her headphones or you'd put on, you'd put like headphones on her so you could jam out and it wouldn't be super loud. I just remember seeing you in there and yeah, some of that, some of those first songs just recorded on that, uh, on, on your computer right there through the microphones were that was some good stuff. So yeah, beginning of pushing giants. Yeah, that was fun. Just I missed that a little bit, but now I do. I I do get little ideas, and and uh, thing I left out was, oh no, I didn't. I'm sorry. Matt and I, yeah, we record the music for our um, channel, and then the intro was him, and mm-hmm. so I would just come up, and Matt's Matt's um, super talent is he can play along to anything you come up with. So it'll be any any set of uh, a chord change, anything or any style. If you want to do a little country thing, he'll he'll rip that up. Uh, rock and roll or ACDC, he will <laughs> he will. Help. And it's my um, I guess I would I would write the songs, but it was mainly here's a few simple chords. I'll fill it in with a melody and some lyrics later and stuff. And then I'd be like, all right, Matt, there's this little bit here that goes like, and then he'd play it right away. Like, okay, cool. Let's move on. It was just, it's an <laughs> advantage. Like, okay. It's something that you don't normally get. In, in a, right. Yeah. You know, it would, I think, go ahead. I think we just worked. I mean, cause like you guys are really pretty much the only you and Matt and Theo are like pretty much the only people I've ever been in like a serious band or bands with, mm. you know? Mm-hmm. And 
I just feel like we got lucky and like we play very well together. Me and Matt play very well together. Right. Um, I just feel like we got lucky and I probably wouldn't play like that with other people and I don't really want to try. So. <laughs> Maybe, yeah, but I think I think yeah. you should play. You should definitely play out there cuz you can you you can get with any band and they'll they would they'd love to have you. Um Yeah, there's obviously, you know, you have to have that connection between people and I think that comfort level is what what you you're both kind of talking about that them would say something and and he would have this inspiration for one thing and then you would fill it in and then that would inspire something else yeah you guys all work together really well um and like you said that doesn't that doesn't come all that often you know you have to have, like to to fall into a group of people that work really well together and and you guys are all relatively laid back you know i mean well as laid back as we are but <laughs> i am but, uh, i was a teenage diva man. but you know you're <laughs> yeah matt matt wasn't so laid Laid back. You didn't. You weren't there for the recording of the. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We definitely we got into it a couple times, but and you know I I definitely take all the blame for what is and what should never be or what is and what could have been. But uh, no, but we you know I feel like that's any you know you it's just it's always the thing right bands always break up after like two years why'd you break up like oh it's just musical differences you can't blah 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 you just spend too much time together but one one great thing i remember the first time i ever went up again the drummer matt said hey you gotta come up here this kid play his him play he's amazing and his mom cooks the best food that is the truth so i was like yeah. i was like yeah i'm i'm nice. i'm in i'm coming up and sure enough uh yeah matt your mom uh yeah. Awesome. Awesome food every time. It's and being in bands you're used to just like, hey, someone gonna order pizza or like can you get McDonald's on the way in? Like but it would be like, Hey, I'm gonna have some steak and uh I'm gonna go out and grill some veggies on the grill and then do you like this? How about a baked potato on the side? You okay with that? And then while you're playing, I'll bring down some little uh, crab bite things. I just knocked them together while you guys so are jamming. Awesome. Yep. <laughs> just that was Every time, yep. She knew the value you guys. You guys. So well together. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I'll go practice. Let's do it. <laughs> Man, that was. It was like you know, looking back, I. What is that Iron Maiden song? Uh, you know, realize you're living in the golden years. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, and I feel like a lot of kids or you know younger people who grow up and want to be musicians, like I used to want to. They just have like um, they're told this wrong impression of like what being a successful musician is, or like mm. actually looks like in reality, and they only see like the top point oh one percent of musicians. But you know, right. a lot of the serious actual musicians who are in bands that I love and listen to, um, and go see, they you know they all have regular jobs. They just take time off to tour, and then they come back and they're working at you know just normal jobs. And yeah. um, what was that thing that? Uh, that, oh yeah, I was listening to a, a talk that Steve Albini gave, who is a very famous record producer. Um, he recorded. Mm -hmm. right, he's got. Nerf does he have the DC studio or Richmond? Where's oh, that? he's in he's in Chicago. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, right. he's okay. in Chicago. Um, but he recorded like all, the, the Pixies. Um, he did In Utero for Nirvana and just a whole bunch of, you know, oh, yeah. Jesus Lizard, whole bunch of like amazing benchmark uh, indie music. But he was saying like. Because he didn't even, um, he, you know, he'd been making records since like the 80s, but he didn't even start doing it full time, I don't think, until like the early 90s. 
And um, it's right. pretty impressive to think about that when you look at his discography and what he was doing while still working as like, you know, a photo retouching editor, I think. Um, but, <laughs> and he was like, most people who love skiing don't think that they should get paid for it or have any expectations that they should get paid for it. They ski because <laughs> they love skiing. And then if the money comes, that's it. And then I was like, that was like kind of the light bulb moment for me. And then that is when I had my attitude adjustment. I was like, oh, I really... <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I was a little bit of a diva. <clears throat> that no, that's, that's a that's such a good quote. And yeah, I mean, yeah. the playing a playing an instrument is that's the reward in itself. Once you can play it decently, mm-hmm. to have something that you can sit down with anytime you want and just just play and and, and entertain yourself is a it's a gift and it's something that a lot of people wish they had. And it's really a, it's a great thing. And then if you can get together with some like-minded people and jam, man, what a, what a great thing. You don't have to go, like you said, you don't have to go anywhere with it. You don't expect yeah. to get paid. You just right. have a fun, fun time. Practice is fun. Yep. Yeah. And once you take that expectation off, then, you know, that, that's the yeah. key to being happy with whatever you're doing, you know? <laughs> yeah. And I also think, I mean, not to, not to throw you under the bus, Matt, but having <laughs> so much talent like you have, um, and you know, like that came. I'm I'm sure you you obviously play it all the time and you practice all the time. But I mean, a lot of us who like, like I play guitar and Devin plays guitar. And my parents and um, my brothers, you know, we all play, could play all the time and never really get as good as you are. <laughs> like, there's obviously some natural talent there. And I think not that you've taken that for granted, but I think in that mindset, right? You're like, okay, I have this talent. I could do this. Like Devin, you said that. Uh, you know, you have that talent and that's the reward being able to do it. But yeah. if right. you have that talent, you know, you're thinking, okay, now, you know, I should be able to go into the next step. Mm. But I think really, like you said, Matt, knowing that you want to do it because you love it. And if the money comes, you know, if it, if it comes, it comes, that's great. Uh, that's kind of, I think also the way that we went into the YouTube channel. It was like, mm. we're going to make some stuff because we like doing it. Devin loves filming and editing and, you know, he loves doing that stuff. That's part of what he wants to work on. That's, you know, to like practice that and keep his chops on all that stuff. And I, you know, want to get better as a maker and a crafter all the time. So it was kind of like, let's do it. And if it makes money, that's great. So I think, you know, a lot of people want to, like you said, a lot of young musicians and a lot of YouTube, you know, young YouTubers, people see that and they're like, I want to get into it because I can make all this money or I want to be able to do this one thing all the time. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it'll, it'll, it'll make me successful. And that's it. Hopefully, you know, you, hopefully you are successful when you come in, but you're not always, so you got to be able to love what you do. So that way, if you're successful, you know you're going to keep doing it because you love it. Yeah. Right. Not because you think you're entitled to anything. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Exactly. Uh, Problem with the world. (laughs) Yeah. You have, uh, you play an instrument that's uh, like a little trick in your pocket at all times you can pull out. Mm -hmm. And also, um, if you play it as well as Matt does, it's a really good trick because you can blow people away (laughs) whenever you want. Um, Yeah. Speaking of the channel, I wanted to go down. I, I uh, went to our channel and I, I selected, I searched for music in our comments. Mm-hmm. Um, a part of a big parts of our channels, it's it's Dustin uh, and his patience and his craftsmanship, and and then um, I guess me shooting behind the camera. But then a lot of times after those, Matt, or before those, we get music related comments. Yeah. <laughs> I typed in just music, like I said on the on the channel comments section, and it just 
I can't. It, it, I keep scrolling and they don't end. <laughs> You're a brave man reading right. their, your own YouTube comments. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. we have. Let's see. Um, I'm just going to go down and read some off. Uh, <laughs> the guitar background music is awesome. Who is it? Awesome. The music. Oh, here's. <laughs> wait. I'm going to go right to the second one. The music is talented, but I hate it. <laughs> That's Me too, one buddy. <laughs> this guy says, is that you playing guitar, Dustin? It's really good. Um, uh, I'm just going to go down. Let's see. Screaming. Love it. Music reminds me. This one's weird. Music reminds me of Railroad Tycoon 3. <laughs> that's, nice. a, that's a deep reference. That's Wasn't it. That, is that Tom's game? Railroad Tycoon? I, wonder. I don't know. I uh, can great, quit now. <laughs> great, this one starts with music. Great music. Excellent filming. Enjoyable production. Inspired to make my own handles. Uh, personally, I love it. Love the music. Uh, I learned from watching it. What an awesome fire pit. Like the music too. Great music guys. Great camera work. Amazing video. Thank you. And the music and the editing. I mean, it just goes on and on, Matt. Yeah. We're going to have yeah, to send like, you pages of this. Just to <laughs> keep sending me axes. That's <laughs> right. Yeah. That's what, uh, so I, if you guys follow along on Instagram, you've seen that I've been kind of posting as I've been working on this, uh, bushcraft hatchet modded hatchet for, for Matt and Devin kind of was, you know, a couple months ago was like, we need to do something for Matt, especially after we, you know, had you help us out with recording the intro for the podcast. It's like he's he's done all this stuff, you know. We've recorded a bunch of music. He's never asked for anything, so we got to give him something. And I was like, I agree a hundred percent. Like, I'm I'm down. I'll do it. I love it, you know. And and that's that's part of the thing that I love about just making things is giving things to people. Um, and you obviously you deserve that. It's not it's not purely just a gift. It's because you know we we really appreciate everything you've done. And you know and you like like Devin said, you never asked for anything. And it was always just like, hey, let's play some music. And I know you guys would get together and just jam for a whole bunch of time. And then Devin yeah. has has all this all this music to be able to pull th- pull from and you know fill in spots and yeah it's great yeah yeah i'd say i'd say 90 no i'd say 99 out of people 99 out of 100 people like it yeah. one, one out of 100 really hate it but i think <laughs> i think that's any music they're like i was listening to the band saw and then this music this horrible <laughs> racket came on like all right we're sorry dislike unsub <laughs> Right. Yeah, those, those are so funny. I love it. You know, anytime people was like people, yeah, it's it's either one or the other. That you know, I guess I don't know if I've ever read a comment where the, where they will uh, compliment the music and not compliment the video, but uh, <laughs> but often they'll be like, oh, music was, you know, this is great. I like your stuff. And not often, but every once in a while, like, music is great. Blah 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 blah. And then like, I don't know about the music though. <laughs> like, okay, <laughs> okay, whatever. Like, what are you gonna do? One, like you said, one out of a hundred or something. Will will uh, a comment will come in? Like well, I that, feel like but, that's uh, a really good split for YouTube. You know? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And just the fact that people comment on the music. You know, yeah. pretty often, you know, we're like, oh, okay. You know, it really makes sense. Like, you know, we, we have a feeling that we wanted to come across in the channel to have that kind of acoustic sound that fills in. And, and I think that works well. And Devin, you edited in well with uh, fading in, fading out on different things and yeah. kind of playing in the background sometimes. And then sometimes it's, it's drums and sometimes it's harmonica and it's always overlaid with guitar. And yeah, it just, it, it creates that feeling and we just have an, enough content of that music built up that you guys have put together that it just gives you like a, a good library of music to pull from. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a bit of a shame now. I, I can't come, um, Matt moved from, he was about an hour away to now, uh, Nevada. 
<laughs> yeah, right. So it's a bit of a hike, so I can't come in and you certainly with can. <laughs> Babe, I gotta go for a week. I gotta go make some music for the podcast. Uh huh. <laughs> Come out to the desert. It's a good time. <laughs> That's true. Um, I uh, so your Instagram is the Brown Sound, or what is it? It is the Brown Sound with an underscore at Before the beginning and after, and after yeah. which unfortunately wasn't. Well, I guess it wasn't unfortunate at the time, but. That started off as the Eddie Van Halen thing with the brown sound, the brown note. Yeah, yeah. Are you oh, aware yeah. of that? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Okay. I don't know if we should explain that here. Sure. Go not. ahead. Sure. Go ahead. <laughs> so, I think the the story goes is that Eddie Van Halen was rumored to have had this sound because of all of his you know fiddling, electronics fiddling. He was a, a big tinker on all his gear, and the rumor had it that. At the sound or the, you know, whatever frequency he hit, it would make people relieve themselves, right? <laughs> and that's called the brown tone or, or whatever. Yeah, right. So when I was like eight and getting an Instagram, I was like, oh, that'd be funny. <laughs> and now I feel weird to change it. But. Uh, man, and, you know, your last eight. name is Brown, right? So I don't think I've ever had. Yeah, yeah. right, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't realize how early you got a you got an Instagram. I got to go oh, look I, back. I might have been posts. Little, yeah, I might have been a little bit older than eight, but. <laughs> well, he said he was eight. He was actually five. <laughs> yeah, <right>. man. Uh, <laughs> uh, but hey, man, I I I've actually just started looking at your Instagram because you're just my buddy. It's you know you don't research people, and you just got friends. one. <laughs> well, yeah, that I'm not, I'm not even posting. I'm just using my Instagram to look at look at uh, other other people <laughs> to, we talk to, to. Like, like yeah. my and the, yeah, like yeah, I gotta support that, the that art of Yeah, you, know? you you like the art of craftsmanship podcast. I mean uh, Instagram. If no one knows that, I I run the entire Instagram podcast. <laughs> I mean the uh, Instagram, yeah, sorry, yeah, Instagram account, right. But yeah, Devin always gonna always see you cut pop on and like oh liked by D O'Hara D O what is it. <laughs> D O Hara zero 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 yeah. <laughs> I'm like, all right, thanks, Dev. <laughs> so follow me, folks, if you want to get a few hearts and likes. <laughs> I'm still figuring out Instagram. I feel so old. <laughs> I asked my wife, I'm like, now why? I got like five. <laughs> there's like five posts, and then they send me to ads and other things. Oh, I'm like, man. what is that? What's going on? And she's like, oh, no, it didn't used to be like that. No, and, blah, and all blah, the fact checking, quote unquote, yeah. and. Yeah, it's yeah. so it's so weird, but I I uh I didn't even <laughs> my wife's like, "Why don't you accept my or like follow me back on Instagram?" I'm like, "Cuz I just do it I do it for the art of craftsmanship. I want to see like knife I want to see makers and stuff." Yeah, right. Yeah, you want to be able to go in there and see all the people that were we want to do, you know, interviews. Yeah, I want to go you know? look around on Instagram yeah. and be like, "Hey, maybe we can have them on and these guys on and these this is really cool and I don't mm-hmm. she's so but so she's one of the only people I followed back. And it's not her back. <laughs> that's I did finally. <laughs> I know it's great. You know, that's now that you guys have a baby, that's what the pictures are. You know, that's how it works. Yeah. So when you have yeah. a baby, all your pictures are about the baby. That's right. <laughs> Once a month, you'll see our monthly update. Maeve is now two months old. Yeah, so that's a day. Today, getting so old, she can wow. hold that. She can hold that neck up. Oh, <laughs> yeah! You were just showing pictures of that, like you guys were doing the the uh, one month, and it, I kept seeing Caitlin's hand come in and like right, trying, trying to hold hold her, the, hold her hold head the, up and then let the go and then hold it. You were like snapping pictures real quick, so her head was up. <laughs> um, uh, 
so yeah, I want to go back to your Instagram, Matt. It's so good. I uh, <laughs> that's a, like I said before, it's a buddy. You usually, don't this is your friend, whatever. But really cool. Yeah. You got your um, your forerunner. You've been doing all types of adventures. Now you're in Las Vegas. You're like yeah, yeah. in a perfect center. Yeah, to go out and see awesome nature and landscape all around you. Yep. Was that it's one of the ma- was that one of the main reasons you moved out there or Yeah, for sure. So, um there are a couple reasons. So, I just you know, working in like um, you know, very close to DC, my commute would have been, you know, was an hour each way pretty much. Mm-hmm. And housing is prohibitively expensive if you move and I was just like I can't drive more than an hour to get to work every day. So, from a, you know, housing and we were at the time where we were buying our you know our first house so we just decided the value for money is so mm-hmm, much yeah. better other places um and i wanted to live you know somewhere where there's a lot of public land um you know a lot of recreational hunting and fishing opportunities as it turns out side note uh the fishing in las vegas situation is not amazing as you may expect <laughs> but uh <laughs> at least for trout um as it turns out right. but you know, and just the weather is great. We wanted to be somewhat close to a beach. So here, going to somewhere in California is like going to Ocean City for us, you know, back home. Um, yeah. And really? and no income tax hmm. here. No state income tax. So that was... Mm, oh, and man. we both had jobs lined up before we even got out here. So it was just meant to be. Nice. That's sweet. Right on. Yeah, it's, yeah <clears throat> I've been... You know, following along with your again, same thing with your pot with your uh, Instagram for a while, and uh, yeah, I see stuff pop up. I, I was just flipping through now, and I see the uh, I like <clears throat> two posts in a row, or one you know back to back. One's like you can't spook the deer if there are no deer, oh, and then the man. other one's like uh, so yeah. long Idaho, you are a miserable frigid bitch. <laughs> it, you know, it's one of those things. Like, okay, I know you guys are meat eater fans, so Stephen Rennell was talking about this at some point he said like there are experiences that are fun while you're doing them but you completely forget all about them later like a roller coaster right and then there's things that you do that you have a terrible time while you're doing it and it's miserable and whatever and then as soon as you're done you're like man i kind of want to go back there and that's what it was (laughs) like the whole the whole way up from you know i just love driving places and as soon as you get into idaho you hit the snake river uh Snake River Plateau, I guess. So it's very rural, and then you hit, uh, you know, you follow the snake all the way up um, to like Grangeville is is where I went, um, and it's just like these huge ponderosa pine trees that I've never, you know, being an East Coaster, like you never see anything like that. Yeah, and mm-hmm. just topography and all sorts of just animals everywhere. Um, so a lot of mule deer did not see any white tails. So my tag was left yeah. unpunched, but, <laughs> oh man, but just being outside yeah, is a ton uh, reward, you know, that's so true. When I, when I went out to, uh, San Francisco two years ago, I think to visit with my wife's grandmother and aunt who live out there, uh, we went to near woods and just like the first giant redwood oh, yeah. that you see. I was so blown away by the immensity. Um, and similarly, I went out to visit uh, some friends of ours in Seattle and uh, and went out to a wedding, and, and uh, I think it was a year before that, and just like the same thing. I see these like giant trees, even even the smaller ones. It's like so big around yep. and straight up. It's so tall. It's like that West Coast 
the West Coast trees are just phenomenal. I just like I'm out there hugging these trees and like a hippie, you know? Oh like, yeah, <laughs> look how big you are. What a yeah, big, big tree and then we got are. the uh, the bristle it. cones out here that I you know they're two thousand, yeah. three thousand years old. So those are always cool. They live yeah, up in the Alpine crazy. though. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's those are the uh, they're the shorter ones though, right? That's like the yes. oldest, the like short the squat ones thing in the world or something. Yeah. Yeah, mm. those are nuts. He chopped it down and made a fire. <laughs> <laughs> no, old and dry. <laughs> I even, you know, like I even feel bad about picking up like deadfall, even though, you know, it's just all that that whole leave no trace thing. I'm just always kind of conscious about yeah. that, and I hate, you know, you'll be in a place where you're like, oh, nobody's ever been here before, and then you look down and you'll see a shotgun shell, or you'll see like a, yeah, a right. water bottle or something, and you're just like. <laughs> Who are these idiots that would drive all the way out here, so far out of their way, and then just leave their trash everywhere? But yeah, it's crazy. Uh, it's it's so the people who do that. It's so weird their mentality. They just, I feel like it's like you can't even get through to people like that because they don't think about it. You know, it's like completely not on their right, mind. Yeah. It's like, all right, you know, you hope maybe it's someone made, you know, it was a mistake and someone dropped it. But yeah. I guess similarly, when you're in the woods, you know, if you're up in the Appalachians and stuff and you're walking down a trail, like in the middle of some, uh, you know, wilderness area, and then there's an old Buick from 1924 like, rusting yeah. away <laughs> in the woods, you know? Yeah, it's just. Yeah. yeah but that, see, that might have been like a property or something. Right. Yeah, when and, you and still holding, yeah. they have a lot of those up, yeah. up here, which is a weird concept to me, and I had to Google it, but, you know, stuff that was in private hands before the national forest was created or whatever. So obviously they didn't confiscate mm-hmm. it, but, and I'm not a tree hugger. I just, you know, that stuff bothers me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You can't help it. I mean, just, just seeing something like that. It's even people who, like I said, if it's not even on your mind, those people are still, you would think most of the time affected by the grandeur yep. of what they're seeing, you know, and, and you, you can't help but respect that. You know, there's just yeah. something beautiful about, but, about nature and it's you know, captivating it, ca- it like takes your breath away mm-hmm. right but we we also have to remember that probably well maybe maybe not but maybe like 100 people pass that same spot without dropping anything yeah right those yeah. I mean, especially out in the desert and stuff that stuff just sits there and yeah doesn't go anywhere or you know just, you'll see a lot of uh you know rock art um you know hands and like you know carvings that the native americans did thousand yeah. two thousand years ago so you know people were there but you know, it's just have a little, have a little decency, people. It's 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 right. the hands next to a, a bush light, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and a fire pit. Yeah. Bush light. Damn it! <laughs> yep, that aluminum lasts a long time. <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't uh, even litter with good beer. Come on, man. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, so, uh, I I went on a, a trip to Vegas, um, my first time out there with a friend. And we had the plan. We'll go to Vegas. We'll fly in there, but we're not going to go to Vegas first. We're going to drive to the Grand Canyon first. And that drive was amazing. Mm-hmm. It's about four hours. Man, what a what a beautiful drive! And and the way the landscape change changes on the way out. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, it it's this crazy desert like thing, and then it changes flat, and then you start to see some trees, and then there's a lot of trees, and then you make your way to the edge of the Grand Canyon. But I also remember thinking. Uh, who the hell would live out here? There's no green. Yeah, like you'll be driving yeah, right. down a highway and you'll see a little like, like a little spot right of like four trailers. Yeah, <laughs> like ten miles away, and they're just there. It's like I don't is any electricity ran out there? Like, yeah. what's going on? But you know, they obviously either they're just out there or they bought it. For, they're the, it's dirt cheap. If you want to live yeah, there, right. Vegas is a little different, and it's 
um, much cheaper than Maryland, I'm sure. But yeah, um, it's it's weird though because. Yeah. I was thinking I had the same exact thoughts that you did, and, like, I would love to have, like, a little homestead at some point, you know, as, like, second or third house, right? Like, I'm just dreaming Mm -hmm. here, but it would be so hard (laughs) to do that in, like, northern Arizona, I would think, or Nevada, anywhere, just because there's no rain. That's kind of, like, the main thing, right? So it would be hard. You can grow whatever you want here, pretty much. Um, You know, you just have to plant them in December, January, you know, trees, berries, you know, vegetables, whatever you want. Um, But I would just think if you didn't have access to like, you know, city hookup or even a a Mm. well, I I don't see how you could make it work. But if anybody has any ideas, I would love to hear about them. (laughs) (laughs) So that's why I was looking up in Idaho. I'm like, oh, I could live here. But that would be a tough sell, I think. But yeah, I I also remember driving there and like, you guys know that east of here, everything's green. Yeah. Yeah. There are plants that cover the whole ground. We call them yards. They have grass. (laughs) Obviously, Vegas is different because you guys all have access to water. But it's like, once you get outside of there, it's like, you don't need to... Your 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 picket fence doesn't have to be cinder blocks because sand won't blow up into your yard <laughs> on the east coast. Yeah. You just have hills and trees and grass everywhere. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's <laughs> definitely one of those things that I yeah I see see pictures of you know wherever anywhere out Midwest you know West Coast and there's so, there is so much desert we just don't think about it too much but at, you know being on the on the uh, East Coast and having mountains and you know, the the bay here in in Maryland and it, there's there's grasslands and there's you know mountains on the Appalachians and like you said yeah. everything is green out here we have rain mm-hmm. marshland that's, that's the difference yeah. grasses just grow out from from giant ponds of water it's amazing <laughs> I know it's you know I think I just I just like the desert, you know, and and um, the, yeah. all the desert plant. Maybe it's still a novelty at this point, but you know, you still learning about like all the mm-hmm. you know Mojave yucca and seeing the Joshua trees everywhere, mm-hmm. and yeah, um, yeah. you know, a whole bunch of quail you can go out for here all the time, and we got chucker and all sorts of other just stuff that all anything like back home, you know. Yeah, no, it definitely right. has its beauty for sure. Have you thought about um, what's that? Uh... I guess that's more that's north of you. Uh what's the um the studio that Josh Homme, uh Queens of Stone Age Oh at? man, is that de- Rancho de That does kind of ring some bells. Rancho days. Yeah, that's a great desert. I mean, Queens of Stone Age they're the uh the yeah, they're like I guess they were called mm-hmm. Desert Rock. He, like. he, lo- he loves going out nice. and they have a great studio out there where they go in the middle of nowhere. Uh and they they record Queens of Stone Age and um, Arctic Fox Arctic Foxes is that I don't know uh, a bunch of bands record out there. It's such yep. a cool place, and they they do desert sessions. Um, no kidding. It looks cool on video, but uh, very hot and dry. <laughs> yeah. This summer was bad too, but it's you know, it's fine. You know, <laughs> it's fine. I'm just I'm it just enjoying. Is, yeah. You know, just enjoying every day. Yeah. Um. So, how about this, Matt? You want to play a little instrument instrumental for us, since we're we're I mean, we're going to be talking about music the whole time, but a little I interlude. Can do that. All right. Grab the uh, the old Taylor this here. Is, this is Matt Brown playing. Pinks get the party started. Oh, nice. <laughs> Got to say, I don't get that reference, but. <laughs> 
going to play. I just knew to learn. Man, that's uh, that's so awesome. It's so much fun to listen to you play, and you know we've obviously Devin and I have had the the pleasure of enjoying that for a bunch of years now. Uh, can you talk a little bit, Matt, about <clears throat> how you got into playing yes. guitar? Yes, I've never. Heard well, the short story is I have no idea where the impulse came from, but um, <laughs> I know that my parents had tried to get me started earlier on in life, like maybe you know sixth or seventh grade but for some reason it never took Mm -hmm. and then at some point i became interested in it and the church we were going to at the time um had a kind of like visiting youth pastor um from england Mm -hmm. and he was a fantastic guitar player and he also taught and what i remember about that is he was an amazing teacher and he basically taught me how to teach myself how to approach, you know, 
the guitar and the frets and and everything like that um and you know he just whatever he did just clicked with me where which is something that you know i can't say i've ever had in another teacher shout out to george um he was only here for a year (laughs) but i definitely like at the beginning of the year and at the end of the year it was like a tremendous thing and he taught me intervals and as long as you understand like very basic music theory and how the instruments are put together Mm -hmm. um i i think that you can pretty much kind of figure out chords and you know like weird like sus two chords or i don't know where i'm going with this but you know he he taught me how to teach myself and then that was just the whole Mm. high school years of locking myself in my in my room and um playing guitar yeah, isn't that how it goes? Everyone has, no matter what your art or craft is, you've got someone in the beginning who gives you, who teaches you, but you feel like you learn a couple of the tricks. Yep. You just yes. go, oh, it's a it's a trick. There's something to it. That's, okay, that's yep. not that hard. Because everything that you don't know, any art or, or craft or anything that you don't know seems... Like huge, yeah, yeah unatta- right. insurmountable. Like I don't, there's no way. I have no idea how I'd even start that. And they go, "This is how you start it. It's not that hard. The basics of it to get right. you going are, are are pretty simple. And then once you see behind the curtain a little bit, that usually draws yep. people. Or in. you know, a lot of times people have like one big roadblock on you know whatever they're working on, and it might be a very minor mm-hmm. thing for somebody who's done it like you know twenty or thirty times. But, um, you know, like, for example, I'm working on this old Harley. It's a 1980 shovel head, right? And new frame, new everything. And it just sat for, like, you know, a year probably in my garage until right before we moved. I I talked to my buddy. I was like, you know, hey, Murphy, can you help me try to get this together? And he's the best, most talented mechanic I've ever met in my entire life. And he was able to take all of those, you know, things I was like, that seemed like big monumental things that I just couldn't get around. And he was like, Oh yeah, here's how you do that. And you know, once you're over that hill, the rest is relatively easy. Not necessarily with this bike still, (laughs) (laughs) but like Devin was saying, you know, you get, you get a, you get a kind of glimpse behind the curtain. Like, Oh, okay. Yeah. You get over that, that, uh, that insurmountable hill and then it's coasting downhill, right? You have other problems you're going to run along the way. And I, I have that conversation with my students all the time. My, I teach architecture and, you know, design thinking and art. And I try to tell them, I try to say, just go ahead and draw. Just don't worry about if it looks good or bad. Just just put something down. And that's hard for people to do. I don't think about it as hard because I have confidence in my ability. I've been, I've been over the hill and I Mm. I know how to, you know, I know how to coast at this point. And I know that if I just try something, if it looks good, it'll get, it'll get better. And if it doesn't look good, it's, I could probably turn it around and make it look good. So getting, you know, having that ability to almost like know you have enough confidence and you get over the big hurdles to be able to play and then your play just makes you get better and better at what yep. you do right so it's definitely having having that it is yeah like getting into something for the first time it's like i always tell people when if they're interested in playing guitar you know i'm like well buy a guitar or whatever have a guitar if you have a guitar don't put it in your case and put it on the ground in its case away because you won't mm-hmm. see it mm-hmm. you know if you want to play that guitar and you want to get better you got to buy a little guitar stand 
and put it on the stand so right. you can grab it. So it's right there. So it's right. not, there's not an obstacle to get to it. You got to make, make it easy for yourself. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. You just want to walk by and see it and get interested and grab it. And I had the, yeah. um, that was my thing was all my brothers played and my dad played and even my mom played. I'm the youngest mm-hmm. and they all knew all these songs and stuff. And it just seemed impossible. Like I can't play guitar, but then, I started to learn on their guitars. I mean, I was lucky enough to where whoever I grabbed, whatever brother or family member, how do you play this chord? And they would teach me. I now, Matt, I didn't get the same uh, technical teachings yeah. as yeah, you did, right. obviously. <laughs> as as you could probably tell when I'd come in and go, here's the song. You'd be like, all right, what's the key? Or I'd, I'd, maybe, I'd maybe have that, but I'd, you'd also go, where's the chord? And I'd go, uh, my fingers are up here. It's a bar chord up here. It kind of looks like this, like an A minor with my my three fingers. Like <laughs> Luckily, you had the training to figure out what I was saying, and you could hear what I was playing. But um, yeah, I would I would just tell people, you know, learn a few cowboy chords, and then all of a sudden you're like, okay, I know the basic chords. You can yeah. play a thousand songs right away. Figure out how to strum. There's a few tricks with that too. All that stuff is once you get that, then okay, this is. This is kind of fun. This is yeah, kind of easy. and not letting yeah. um, uh, not letting perfect be the enemy of good, or not letting perfect be mm-hmm. you know done is always better than perfect. And um, that was another yeah. thing. Like when we did that first EP, Devin, um, I just wanted everything to be super like controlled and no funny business going on in any of the recordings. And then I think I started getting into like Neil Young with Crazy Horse more and. Um, how David mm. Briggs would record them. And they would just do the whole thing live and get like a good take. And you'd hear like, same thing with the Beatles. You'd hear them stepping on the mic cord or you'd hear the squeaky bass yeah, drum. Right. And since I've been loving for you and you're like, that's what makes things cool. And if they had made it perfect, the song wouldn't have been as enjoyable. Yeah. Right. Right. That's, that's every old 60s, 70 bands, seventies band when they get to the eighties and nineties. Yep. Right. Yep. We all go, man, I loved Eric Clapton and the Stones and stuff, and then they get to this because everyone's Phil perfect. Collins. Oh man, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, everyone gets so clean it doesn't sound yes. real anymore. There's no yeah. human connection. There's no, um, and I, I mean that's what we did. We just record. I mean we didn't have any other choice. <laughs> that's why we're just <laughs> hey we're gonna do a whole take garage band. Yeah, right. Yeah. We don't have anyone to. Uh, <laughs> we don't have a producer to chop yeah. it up. So let's just pick our. Our, our best full run through and then we'll layer some stuff yeah, on it but that's the way it's, you, you got to do it and like you know it would be great yeah. if people would like embrace that sort of like the dc hardcore scene like back in the 80s with all the discord record stuff they would uh inner ear studios was like you know in in don Santer's basement for the longest time and he recorded classic landmark you know punk um post-hardcore mm, albums yeah. on there and it would just be I think people need to just embrace what they have and make something that doesn't have to sound perfect, but has to sound like them. Right. right. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> yeah. I think that's the key to is people are going to hear you're either, they're either going to enjoy the music or they're not. And it's not necessarily about how clean it is. Oh yeah. Right. If, if, if you have a, a you know, your bass drum is off a little bit, I mean, unless unless you're a music teacher and it's bugging you and you can't get over it, then you got something else to deal with. But uh, <laughs> most of us, if, if if it's in your realm of something that you enjoy and you hear it and it's got it's got some good bass, it's got lyrics that hold up. There's a good tempo. You like the riffs. You know, there's good uh, progression throughout the song. Then 
you can easily gloss over all those little mistakes that are there because you know yeah. that's the other thing because you might know it's live, yeah. right? And that's that's another thing. I, there's there's definitely a huge difference between listening to a completely recorded album and then you know listening to an album and then go and see a new band live. There's mm. always changes. There's always those little things that you don't know about, but you feel the presence of the person, you know, and that's <laughs> that's it makes it real. Yeah, yeah. yeah. About it. I um. <laughs> YouTube was suggesting, right? They're doing all these like live, um, live festivals, live concerts on YouTube, yeah. right? Like, hey, we're all going to get together. Sorry you can't come out to Bonnaroo this year, but we're going to get together <laughs> on YouTube. Paying $1,000 for it. your Bonnarella <laughs> tickets. <laughs> right. I'm like, that's fine, but I have no interest in seeing your YouTube concert. Yeah. yeah. Because. If I'm on YouTube and I want to find concert footage, I have access to every great concert ever. (laughs) So I don't need your live in your living room concert. (laughs) I'll go like look at Rage Against Machine in Mexico City, and then I'll watch like Beatles on Ed Sullivan and Shea Stadium. Man, that Ed Sullivan. And I'll jump right (laughs) ELO and Wimbledon like. I, I don't need you guys to do a, a living room concert. Like, no, it's it's not. Well, the I think same. it comes down to like guess, a lot of the bands that do that circuit are they're not like they're not like musicians bands. They're like entertainment products at that point. Mm-hmm. And I feel mm-hmm. like if you stripped off all of the fireworks and the light shows, but like you know, who am I? What am I talking about? Because Pink Floyd exists, right? <laughs> The greatest band True. of all time. I mean, you can do it. You can do it. But it's like they're just for people to go and, I don't know. I'm sounding like an old man now it's at this point. But. No, yeah. It's like, hey, you want to see uh, Kesha's acoustic right. set? Right, no. Nah, nobody I'm wants good. to see that. I'm all right. No offense. Kesha from her kitchen. No to Kesha because she's listening. <laughs> yeah. Kesha, if, if you're listening. If I want to see that, I'm going to watch the NPR. Oh, you know, yeah. Like Tiny Desk Concert. Yeah. That's what I want to watch because then I know that they've got decent <laughs> sound and they're, they've already planned for it. So it's not something out of the blue. Yeah. They're yeah. like, okay, we're going to go and we're going to take this this core group of our musicians and we're going to play an acoustic set or whatever right here in this little teeny space. Yeah. Right. So you know what to expect and you can hear everyone there. Those are fantastic. Right. Awesome. Yeah, absolutely. They have so many good bands. Yeah. Oh, um, I I want to do a, a quick comparison, Dustin. Do you remember the? I want to do a motorcycle spec comparison <laughs> okay. between Matt and what Dustin has. I'll let I'll I'll let uh, Matt start. Do you not have a motorcycle? Out in the um, define motorcycle. Or is that your is that is that your Harley? <laughs> that does it me. does it yeah, need to run? Yeah. <laughs> so. Well, I'll say the one you drove in Maryland. We'll, we'll start there. Um, in a way. <laughs> so I have <laughs> taken the motor, the heart, out of my dearly beloved 1980 FLT shovelhead, and I have transplanted it mm. into a hardtail chopper frame. Crazy, stupid thing for absolutely no logical reason, and that is one of the biggest regrets of my <laughs> life. So no, it doesn't run. Yes, it'll <laughs> run eventually. <laughs> and uh dustin what did you ride so i had a uh, 1976 honda cb 500 oh sweet is it four-cylinder so, uh, kind of a uh <clears throat> it was let's see i don't remember so i had i i bought the motorcycle when let's see maybe a year or two after i graduated from college it it ran okay for maybe maybe like two and a half years 
And then I just sat with it and then the, <clears throat> the stator wasn't, you know, wasn't mm-hmm. charging the battery. So it would die. And, um, so it sat for a couple of years and then I had my daughter and then I sold it. Um, ah, that's it usually was, uh, the, the, the motorcycle. I think that's stores. what happened to my dad. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you know, it's funny. My, my wife who has about a 15 minute compete, commute through the country to get to work every day. She's talked more recently about getting a motorcycle again. And I'm like, Hey, I'm down. That's awesome. <laughs> she wants, <laughs> she never actually learned how to, she didn't take her license, you know, get her license, but she loved riding. And, you know, I kind of taught her, on my bike, on our bike at the time to to go, but um, yeah, Nicole rides a sportster. I, I think she rides more than I have in the past year. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah, I love that picture of both of you with your motorcycles out, like you know when you guys. Oh got married, yeah, awesome. Picture. That was my that was my yeah. my uh, '66 Triumph though, which oh my goodness, um, that that thing was or is. I guess I still have it, but it's in Maryland along with a '52 Dodge Cornette and some parts of a model a hot rod that'll be done eventually too so I don't... <laughs> nice <Ugh. laughs> oh man that's that's like a whole another side of you that that like i've only seen on uh instagram but i yeah. love it like that kind of like gearhead side that you know it's not too many disparate you know, hobbies not, not as evident yeah <laughs> uh, that's all right you know well there's always like you said there's always something to do <laughs> mm-hmm. it's always room for your next first project that's right? true yeah. or your yeah. next Ding-ding. biggest mistake <laughs> <laughs> next worst financial decision is what they've all turned right. into but <laughs> well you know you 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 have gathered a plethora of of uh, experiences and knowledge and you know that's that's life i mean you know, it's like it's just kind of going from one thing to the that's next right. and hopefully something sticks and you really enjoy it and then maybe you can make some money of it or maybe not you know yeah. it's like it's it is what it is you know you got to keep on rolling and and just you know, soak up those experiences oh yeah i, I was <clears throat> thinking um about your your recent trips out to the country um when did you decide to get? You didn't have a Toyota in Maryland. I did you not didn't have a uh, Forerunner. I did not. When did you decide what what year is your? It's 4 a two thousand. So, um, I was doing a little bit of research, and it was between kind of like the Toyota thing and the Jeep thing, um, just mm-hmm. so I could you know go see some cool stuff out here that's all on forest roads and and whatnot. But right. I came to the conclusion that any Jeep that I could afford probably wasn't a good idea for me to buy, and I didn't want to have a payment <laughs> or anything like that. So. Um, the came down to like forerunners, third or fourth gen, whatever. Um, so I thought that, right. you know, the third gen, which is from like 98 to 2002, something like that, um, was the one that would check all the boxes for me and be right mm-hmm. in that sweet yeah. spot of technology where it doesn't have all the computers that break that the new ones do. Yeah. And you can fix most of it yourself, um, which appeals right. to mm-hmm. me. So I actually... We drove out here, and I posted in the Vegas Forerunners Facebook group. Shout out to the Vegas Forerunners Facebook group. And, <laughs> like, in 20 minutes, some guy was like, yeah, I got one. And then, like, the day after we got here, I went and checked it out. It was sweet. It was super well-maintained. And uh, I've put, like, 14,000 miles on it this year, driving it everywhere. Never let me down, knock on wood. So Nice. Yeah, that's awesome. Good old toy. Oh, I know. I wish they made <laughs> motorcycles. <laughs> yeah that's that's a great great vehicle my uh friends of our our friends of the family who um 
our our friend Annette, uh, her parents they've always had four runners and they so you know that's mm-hmm. one of those vehicles that I've always loved the styling you know they had they've had them over the years in the different gens and stuff but uh that's a, it's a great yeah it's a great vehicle yeah I never I oh, never yeah. thought I would be like a Toyota enthusiast but man I get it you know <laughs> and like if you had one in Maryland it's a little bit different but out here you got to have some sort of like you know a Tacoma or a Jeep or something yeah. to go explore because mm. there's just so much stuff to explore out here. It's, right. it's yeah, amazing. Yeah, I've seen yeah those pictures of just dirt roads and stuff, and you know, on the edge of canyons and desert. Oh and, yeah, yeah that's, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> my uh, my brother in law uh, is in the he's in the uh, navy. I think is it no. He's oh, an Air Force, sorry, Air Force mechanic, <laughs> <laughs> and he uh, he lived out. He lived in Arizona for a while, and he had. I think he just had a. Uh, Ford, maybe F F one fifty, F two fifty, big red truck. But I just remember there's like a bunch of pictures of him out in the desert, and he actually uh, took some took some guns out and shot the, through the bed of the truck. You know, oh like yeah, horizontally, yeah, just to get some real bullet holes. Yeah, <laughs> it's like instead of the sticker bullet holes. <laughs> my wife was like, "Oh, what is my brother doing? <laughs> like, where did you come from? We're from Vermont. Yeah, <laughs> Vermont is kind of He's the like, Arizona of." New England, though I guess. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> in a good way. Yeah, when you get out, yeah, yeah, that Upper Maine. Mm-hmm. Vermont, when you get out out in the boonies, man, you're just as far away out, and just, just whole, just the same good old boys as everywhere else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't think I, I don't know if I'd want to buy anything other than a Ford or Toyota yeah. right now. I think those are my my two options. I'm with you, and I'm like buy American everything, and you know I was looking at a right. Ford, but. And, you know, like with the four-wheel drive and stuff that you get for the forerunners, that, that kind of sold me. But, yeah. Mm-hmm. And most Toyotas are made in, I think most Toyotas are made in, in the U.S. now, aren't they? Oh, yeah. Right, right. It, right. I want to buy American. I appreciate it. But, I mean, Jeep is, what, half owned by Fiat, so it's half Italian now. Yeah. And, and, I mean, I'm sorry if your cars are shit. Like, I don't <laughs> ki- Okay, I'm sorry. If it's American, I appreciate it. But if you try to charge us three times for a transmission in two years... I'm off your brand. You know what the worst (laughs) travesty of American-made equipment is? Or not equipment, but is Craftsman, what what they did to Craftsman. Oh, my gosh. So my father-in-law set me up with a pretty good selection of, you know, the older made-in-USA Craftsman stuff. And every time I go to Lowe's now, they're kind of like the first thing on my mind because they're just – they're great tools. You know, they do the job. They're well-made. And I have had to return the last, like, four things of Craftsman because – and I look on the back, and they're made in China or Taiwan, which is you know a bummer. But um, right. they yeah, just yeah. break, or they don't—they're not well made. So for the new stuff like hand tools, I switch to Wright. I don't know if you if you guys have heard of them, but um, it. Where do where do you get them? I get them from a place called Harry Epstein. Um, he's I think they're a tool shop out in like Ohio or something. Um, but they have a good okay. selection of that, and they all they specialize in like American made hand tools. Um, but right I think on. you can get them on Amazon. But the right combination wrenches are fantastic. Like the geometry for them is amazing, and they're American made with American steel. Yeah. yeah. So there's my little plug. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. I mean, just the every 
I feel like every person, every maker, every, you know, someone who likes to work with their hands and likes tools or even, you know, has a, has a brand loyalty. Everyone's got something to say about something. You know, it's like, and it's all about experience. Like Devin, right. You're talking about your vehicle, which you've had like a shitty experience with, you know, so you're like, right. screw that. I'm done. You know? And I've heard yeah. other people who I, who I love and respect and they're like, I'd never buy anything from Ford or I'd never buy from anything from Chevy. It's like, yeah. Right. It is what it is. I mean, they they all have had their benefits, and you know, it's like I I love. I have a F, I have a an F one fifty eighty nine. Saw that. And I yeah. love my truck. Like I'm mm-hmm. driving driving around today. You know, it's like it's trying to stall out. You know, it's it's a stick <laughs> shift, so it's like trying to stall, and I'm trying to make keep it at run. It's, it's it leaks oil like a sieve. Mm-hmm. I love that truck. You know? Well, like, and, and that's yeah. work on it. You know, right? It's like, oh, and that man. is the the thing of uh, Ford and Chevy is. They might not last the longest, but your parts are yes. just cheap. Or you should yeah. there's replacements yes. everywhere, so right. that's yeah. always the advantage. Um, yeah, if you're but, if you're capable at all and you want to do some of your own work, or even you know, it's like yeah, you yeah, can, it's definitely yeah. there to do it. And then now Toyota and Honda has gotten so big, and right. um, that that they can also do that type of thing. And uh, you just I feel like you want a Japanese person making your vehicle. Yep. <laughs> you want a Japanese mind, super sharp, super like particular. I heard a good quote from um, somebody either at Honda or Toyota about, I guess after World War II, they were forbidden. I don't know if it was like a constitutional thing or like a UN thing, but they were forbidden from making mm-hmm. military equipment or and things like that. But the quote from the engineer was... Um, Maybe it was from like one of the from Kawasaki or something. He said, "We don't make, we can't make airplanes anymore, so we build motorcycles instead." You know, and they take all that aerospace <laughs> yes. stuff, and it generally works out pretty well. Yeah, right. And I mean, you have these countries that are um, post-war who didn't have much, who have to work with what they got. So it's usually these really efficient mm-hmm. vehicles, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, that right. are well made. All we can do is make them. Make quality with whatever yeah. we have. BMW. Well. Yeah, right. All those things. All those the German companies. Well, I mean, they had the war to help them. There's a lot of Volkswagens. Yeah. But yeah, you, yeah right. After that, they all had to step up and make some, yeah. some and you quality. Gotta, the other thing is, yeah, like, you right. got to have a, enough of an emotional connection to it to be able to want to put the money in to fix it when something does go wrong or just, you know, keep it up and have it driving nice. And I feel like a lot of the new stuff is so sanitized by, you know, uh, whatever governmental regulations that they have to follow that you just don't get that Mm. emotional connection to it for whatever reason. Oh yeah. 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 I I was, I was talking uh, to my buddy, Nate, and he, uh, he's a big eighties, early I would actually 80s 70s he loves old beamers yeah and he uh <laughs> he the old beamers have <laughs> such big yep. windows right and all the a lot of the old cars but you have these yeah, huge yeah. windows i'm like so you have all these new cars with so many anti yes, the belt line things. is so high yeah, yeah. but but with yeah. The smallest damn windows you've ever seen. Yeah. So you can't yep. see shit. So when you hit somebody, you're like, I didn't see them. My window in the back. Yeah, or the eight pillars tall. are like, you know, okay. six inches. And yeah. 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 We're safe, but we can't see anything. So I'm hitting everything yeah. down the road. Those. Yeah. If you didn't yeah. get in a crash, you're you done. You know the worst part That's about it. that? But. 
<laughs> but yeah, you could see everything around you. So I, I feel like it kind the of worst part out. is yeah. when those belt lines, you know, as they've kind of increased over the years, it's harder to lean your elbow out of the window. So you can't look like a bad mofo oh, yeah. smoking a cigarette, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, when you're drop top mm-hmm. caddy. <laughs> hanging your arm out the window right because you're insulated you right because it's like it's up at right. your ear <laughs> nobody looks like yeah, a badass right. like that <laughs> i could stick my elbow and my foot out at the same time be perfectly comfortable <laughs> yep <laughs> if i get hit by a car then yes i'm screwed but yep. i can see it so yeah. I, I might not you know in the words of the great Man, I had ron that. swanson i i live the way i live i will drive the things that i drive and i will die the way that i die yeah right exactly (laughs) when i when i got my truck that was one of the very first things that i noticed was driving at home and i was actually driving at night and you know country roads i feel like i was i felt like i was driving a bus like i had so much window in the front i was like man, i'm used to driving these like newer modern you know cars with like sloped windows just like straight up and down big wheel you know like just giant (laughs) open windows i you know all my windows on the side of me yeah see everything does yours have vent windows (laughs) yeah it does yeah oh yeah so good yep it can shoot air and rubble right (laughs) into your face (laughs) the coolest ones is on those ones from like the the 30s up until i think the mid to late 50s when you had the um the little lever that would open the vent in the kind of in the center of the hood not in the hood, but like right in front of the windshield in the middle of the car. And that would be the air right. conditioning, your your fresh air. And it's all just, you know, oh, nice, nice mechanical feel. <laughs> right. Get that fresh air going. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, a little turn knob. Yeah, just like push the button, swing it up, open it up. Mm-hmm. Like, ah, that's great. Yeah, that's, yeah, when I, <clears throat> and unfortunately my, my truck is getting to the end of its, its years. But um, when I got it, I was like, man, I'm going to. I had instantly had that emotional attachment. Like you said that you, I wanted to work yep. on it. You know, it, yeah. I, there was anything wrong with it yet. And I was like, I don't care when something, something goes wrong on this, I'm going to pay the money to fix it. Cause I love this vehicle. It's so, you know, it's just hitting all the right things for me. Full bed yep. feet, you know, it had extended cabs. So I'd be able to put my dog and my daughter and my wife, we could all be in there. And uh, <laughs> what a great, you know, dog in the front seat. They're time machines, you yeah, know, right, like, exactly. it's like a, like a good, like a nice <laughs> yeah. old vintage guitar. It's like a, it, just takes you back in a way that mm. you just can't fake history is kind of the thing. And I yeah. feel like, you know, not to get all kind of philosophical, but like, you know, everybody buys everything on Amazon. It's all made in China. You can't fake the history or the, you know, the lives that some of these old things like guitars or old cars or trucks have lived. Yeah. And that's what makes them special. Right. Yeah. So that's yeah. the same thing with, Vintage, oh, yeah. vintage tools that Dust, Dustin will bring in. Obviously, all the old axes. What a what a great thing to bring life back into. And since they were so well made, you yep. can bring life back into them. They're yeah, they're right on the edge of being ready yep. to work again. Yep, and they're they're heirloom yeah, pieces. Exactly. You know, ten minutes. Yeah, yep. And I I love that. I love the history of those things. You know, whose whose hands held that tool mm. you know or who you know that guitar you know or or where did where did that like original wood come from or or like you said where did the american you know the steel come yeah. from and it's just like they, there's so much life to it there's so so much craftsmanship and these things that have some you know history and life to them and, and i just it, it's you know, the fact that like the enjoyment of me is bringing that back to life and then using it again like now i'm putting my story into this thing you know, then hopefully at some point down the line, I'll either sell it or give it away or someone will buy it or my daughter will use it or, you know, yeah. who knows? Like, and there'll be another story yep. added to it. 
mean, it's like that's one of those. That's yeah, you just can't you can't go wrong with something that has history to it and has that the kind of magical quality to it that makes you want to pick yeah. it up and use it. That's like um, yeah. Go, go ahead. Um, now I was gonna say I uh, a quick story about my my go to guitar. Now my main guitar. I went to Guitar yeah. Center. And I'm looking around. I go to the acoustic area, and uh, I'm playing stuff. And this one sounds so good. And I go to look at the the price. I'm like, yeah, it'll be like it, it's the used section. It'll be like a, whatever nine hundred dollars. And it was a hunt. It was ninety nine bucks. <laughs> and it was the best sounding thing in there. I was like, what? <laughs> it's um, Yamaki. It's it's one of those um, Japanese ripoff yeah. brands. But but early back in the seventies and before 60s, the era of lawyers when they. Right before they started, and which is such a weird thing. I don't know if I've talked about this on podcast before. Uh, the advent of the guitar, a violin looked like a violin, right? Mm-hmm. Everything a cello looked like a cello. They made it in a certain shape because that that was the best way to get the best sound. Right. But once guitars came along and started making money, they said, "Well, we don't want you taking our like Fender headstock." Or the Martin headstock, which is silly because it's just a <laughs> flat cut off headstock. Like, oh, oh, I'm sorry, you want this flat top? Yeah, like, Martin, this yeah. is your look. Oh, In we're fairness, sorry. People were rocking so, Martins like while they were fighting in the Civil War. So, I guess I can let yeah, this right. slide. <laughs> no, no, I don't the care. Flat headstock. Right. I don't care what war you fought. That's that you. You're, you that's not you. You don't get all access to that yeah. shape of. Well, headstock. the worst sin is the non-adjustable truss rod in the Martins. But right, right. yeah, right. So yeah, then, you're so I, I I find this guitar that is a Martin ripoff, but it sounds so good. It's only a hundred dollars. I was amazed. So I pick it up. I take it up. I said, I'll take this one, please. And they're like, <laughs> the guys are looking at it like, huh? Like, let me see that. And they grab it and he starts playing it. And usually they don't do that. They want to get you out the door before you forget or you make a better decision about buying a, <laughs> a guitar. Oh, this is really good. And he waves them over. He's like, who priced this? And they can't figure out who priced it, but he's like, ah, oh, shit, man, this one sounds good. And I'm like, yeah, man, yeah, thanks. All right, let's pack it up. And he's like, he looks on the little like tag, and he's like, oh, this one comes with a case. It comes with a hard case. So they bring this gorgeous hard case out with like purple liner. It's got all the, uh, what do you call them, uh, um, ca- case and- gems, whatever they call them, like the little case treasures, case candy. <laughs> so you got all these old uh, taste candy, case candy, right? All these picks and stuff, all these cool old picks, and <laughs> total for a hundred dollars, one of the best guitars I've ever heard. I was like, oh, I will take it. Thank you, yeah. Guitar Center. <laughs> I I have a story like that. So back when I was in like you know I was maybe like seventeen, I think it was my senior year of high school. Um, somebody sends me this link for a old Les Paul Jr. that's on Craigslist. And we knew it was a 50s, and the guy who sent it to me had, like, a 59 or something like that. So he went out and took a look at it. He's like, yeah, it's it's the real deal, you know. So the guy wanted $400 for it. So obviously I'm, like, sold, right? So somehow yeah, the guy you. ends up shipping it all the way out to Maryland, check it out, and, and uh, have some more people, um, you know, take a look at it. Um, Greg up at BCR Music. And uh, he, he said it was either like a, a really late 53, which was the first first ones of the juniors, or a, a 54. And back in the 80s, that previous owner took a belt sander to the back of the neck, and he like 
it, it almost looks like a plasti dip in this terrible white color and you know the frets are kind of janky from like having you know stuff smashed into the into the strings and into the frets so on paper it's not a lot of collector value there but it is the best sounding electric guitar i've ever heard in my life the p90 isn't even original it's like from the 60s or 70s but it's the best sounding electric guitar i've ever heard uh, yeah what what a great and that's such a uh, that happens with guitars yeah. Even even a line that might not be that good. Every once in a while, one comes in. This one's this one's great. Whatever happened here, yeah, is perfect. Yeah. I have an old, um, which is our father's, the old Univox, uh, another Japanese ripoff, Les Paul ripoff, and I love the sound of that guitar. Yeah. So so whatever you have, you don't have to go out and buy a a Les Paul, especially a new one. They probably won't sound that great. Yeah. Just well, I don't know around. if it's your, if it's it's your fingers who... or, or whatever, but that Univox has such a specific sound on the neck pickup, um, almost like a single yeah. coil. It's so good. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, that's a beautiful guitar. It's so much fun. To, yeah, that's yeah, it just looks great. It's always sounded great. Yeah, that's fun. Yeah, just go out and um, hit up the guitar stores all the time if you can with someone who either you know or someone else knows, and you can find yeah. it. It's kind of like a thrift store. You keep going or an antique mall. Until you find a steal, and then you, but you gotta go. Man, I've never time. found anything worthwhile yeah. in any thrift stores or anything like that. I keep looking for those Leica cameras, you know, uh-huh. those Leica M3s that everybody finds. <laughs> no. <laughs> keep looking, keep looking, man. Yeah, right. Don't get discouraged. They're out there. That's what I think. That's what I tell my wife every time we pass by like a, an antique store or a yard sale. I'm like, the the one axe that I want is yeah. there. I'm sure. If we don't stop, it's it's gonna be there, and someone else is gonna get it. It's gonna be five dollars. Black Raven is just sitting inside yep. there, right there, and they don't yeah, know what they take, have. Or even like you know old like pairs of like selvage denim jeans, because um, that's kind yeah, of another right. one of my back burner little hobbies there. But um, well, you're 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 slim enough to fit them. <laughs> I I can't fit anything anyone in the fifties. No, well, <laughs> right. I'm just not. I'm not the that side. The downside is I think um, I don't think there's any more made in USA raw indigo denim anymore. Um, Cone Mills shut down their last plant like oh, a couple yeah. years ago. So there's 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 some uh, I guess they're more modern companies that make USA. But it's usually denim. Japanese denim. They're USA made jeans, but with is Japanese yeah, the, denim. Yeah, the actual denim, yeah, which is good mm. stuff. Um, but I just they're, they're taking it, they're taking over cars and <laughs> denim. Damn it! I just I just like the keeping cool the money stuff. in America, and, and they love baseball. Like, what else do you want to take from us? Oh James my gosh, Dean, that's it. Cars and baseball. We're really good at the apple pie now. <laughs> apple pie. Man, I've been to a baseball game in forever. Uh, yeah, well, yeah. You're not going to see any of this year. I'm worried about next year, too, because we're, you know, five minutes from the uh, the minor league ballpark here in Las Vegas, and um, it's beautiful. And season tickets are like 80 bucks, oh, so yeah. heck yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, yeah. Exactly. My, minor league is it's the best ball to watch, I think, for yeah. sure. You get you get people who, who are hungry and love the sport, and they're not getting paid much to yeah. play at all, and you just get other fans and people who also love the sport. And right. I think, I think the food's better. I've gone to a couple <laughs> uh, minor league places outside the Orioles and done some work for them. Food's always better. Yeah. <laughs> so there you go, and it's cheaper. So what? What else yep. do you need? <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. If you love if you love baseball and you're not super particular about the team, only watching right. the team. You know, it's like it, 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 and that's the other great thing I think also about minor league is a lot of the times you're going to get some of the guys that are playing. You know like 
on the pro level who have to mm-hmm. go down and you know get ha- injured right. and then they have to warm back up. You get, you get pitchers down there. You get all sorts of guys yeah. in the minor league that you know you're going to watch and spend a lot less money. And then, like you said, you're just surrounded by people who love the game for the game yeah. and are super fans and. Yeah, and you get great theme nights. Oh yeah, yeah. bobblehead yeah. nights, right. or whatever. you get all yeah, you get all type <laughs> of goofy like themes to bring people in. Um, so Matt, I was thinking we want you to play one more mm-hmm. song for us. Can you give us like an A, B, and C, and we can pick it? What do you mean? Like can can you give us three styles and you let us pick one and then we can hear? It? Yes, I can. Well, they're all they're all downers. <laughs> how about give us one downer no give us two downers and one one upper i guess you have like um i mean david rollings well that's good that's what i was ripping off you know half an hour ago (laughs) okay i can uh i can sing you this little ditty here which i don't think anybody else has ever heard sure yeah you got to stop me if something's wrong with these audio levels here all right. Now everything sounds so good so far. Ever since uh, straight since the beginning, all it's it's great. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, uh, I wrote down the lyrics. However, it's now dark in my house as the sun has gone down, so I can't see them. We're just gonna wing it. For that, all right. is the all right. giant's way. <laughs> <laughs> Soul that climbs with beauty, 
Cloudless climbs and starry skies Smell of perfect days unending Feeling always burns inside done oh man yeah just more dave <clears throat> rawlings ripoffs if he was half as good <laughs> and twice as sloppy <laughs> no man it's it so good just like i feel like you know neil young and dave rawlings and just mm. uh, yeah it was good stuff yeah man. that was great I, bob dylan i've been trying to get into like <laughs> listening to a lot of more like minimalist stuff um mm. like I'll just throw out some recommendations ahead of schedule here. Um, there's this band, Kowloonwald City, and they're pretty, like, you know, if you like bands like Jesus Lizard or anything on, like, Touch and Go Records, they're kind of like that, but all of their arrangements are so minimal, and they leave so much space between their notes and, you know, their chords and sections of the songs. Um, it's a lot harder to write music like that, I feel like, because you're always just sort of like... yeah. You know, you want to cover things up, or you're fl- afraid to let something ring out, or I don't know. What do you think, Devin? Right. Yeah, I think there's less control. Yeah. No, you're right for sure. You gotta you gotta leave some space. If there is none, it's probably yeah. You're you're overproducing. You're trying to add all types of layers. If it can stand alone on its own with an acoustic and just someone singing, yeah, it's probably worth something. Yeah. Elliot Smith. Well, right. What was the name of that that? group you said um kowloon walled city as in the okay. shanty town in south of hong kong i believe gotcha. and then um oh yeah that's right is that even is that place no they tore still? they tore it down in like the 90s no yeah. fun anymore yeah <laughs> weird but um, the other thing i like about them is their album art looks the way that their music sounds and I, nice. it's hard to describe exactly who hit, who hits that correctly. But when I get that vibe from somebody, 
I know they got it, you know. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's definitely one of those things that I don't know why it reminded me of it, but uh <clears throat> but um what's his name? Uh what's the the uh the Leo Kotke. Oh yeah. Um yeah. Like I don't know why the album album art reminds me of six and twelve string guitar. Yeah, his uh, just the titles of his songs are so funny. (laughs) Yeah, I was like, you know, you could just tell they there's something about the way he plays and the way he titles that just feel the same, but in just like this wild way and same same way. Yeah, when when you when you know. Adam Art album artist hit it, you know. It's like, oh, that's yep. yeah, that makes sense. Like, that feels like that. Thing. The art is like the extension of the person, you know, or <clears throat> yeah, it's like their persona yeah. you're listening to. I don't know. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Um, so I know that you know that we always, uh, when we invite our guests on, we often will ask them to tell us a disaster story, and so we mentioned that to you. And I know you have a good disaster story, and we just we love to hear disaster stories because they inspire all of us to do good work. Because you know that we all fail at some point, and so you got to just keep on going. So what do you yes. have for us for a disaster? This story? is a good one. Um, so. We moved and we packed everything up in the truck and me and my dad drove it out here. And one of the last things that I packed, because I needed to pack it in a, you know, in my own suitcase in a special place somewhere, was this external hard drive that had all of our band's master recordings on. Um, this little project, <laughs> this little kind of like doom metal project that I did with Matt, um, which is out called, uh, the band name is Spilling Blood. Not a great phase of my life, but I digress. Um, don't you dare support another band right now. No, it was it was just me and him and then me diddling over whatever. But uh so anyway, and then I had every single photo that I had ever taken. I was getting this book on um hot traditional hot rod this photo book on traditional hot rods, you know, getting it all squared away and edited and yeah. and I think I don't even remember if it made it to Las Vegas, but we moved into an apartment before for a couple months before we bought our house. And somewhere along the way when we were unpacking, this hard drive containing my entire curriculum vitae of musical and uh-huh. photographic work disappeared. Mm. And as you can imagine, since this is a disaster story, there were no backups to uh-huh. anything because I thought mm. what are the odds of, you know, something like this happening? So the lesson here, and it still keeps literally keeps me up at night, wondering what happened to it, <laughs> and like not night terrors, but pretty darn close. Um, so the lesson here is, everybody, please, right now, as soon as this podcast is over, stop what you're doing and make at least two to three backups of anything that you care about. The upside to this story is that all of my negatives, I have a whole bunch of like medium format. Um, like, so we went on our honeymoon. I just took a bunch of film cameras. Um, everything that was a negative made the trip over. So I don't know if there's a lesson in there. (laughs) And everybody right now, every photographer Uh, is like, Oh man, this guy's an idiot. And I'll wear that hat. (laughs) Uh, I watch like, Sometime down the line, you may like, say 
15 years when there's absolutely no way to get anything out of that hard drive, it's going to show up. Yep. Yep. <laughs> like, wait, I need to go to an old thrift store and find an old computer that I can actually plug in digitally. <laughs> oh, I know. And it's not cloud-based, <laughs> so I can actually hook up this to a USB onto a computer and get all this information yeah. out. That's like those DAT machines that <laughs> people were using in recording studios. It was like that first digital, uh, looked like a VHS tape, but a little bit different. Yeah. And um, right. it's, I think it's very difficult for people to to get stuff off because it comes corrupted or the machines are hard to find or something yeah, like that. Right. Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, like a USB. What is that? A, a we have a USB air now. Yeah. <laughs> so we, either you can uh, export that right to my brain or I'm not going to yeah. use it. It'll so. be almost as ridiculous as my firewire setup is today. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I told Matt, I was like, Hey, if you want to set up, we want you to play some music. Uh, you think you could set set the old Motu up? He's like, yeah, I can. Let me see if I can get the FireWire work. And I was like, FireWire, <laughs> and it's not even two thousand three. A FireWire running into this little like card that plugs into the like the expansion slot on your laptop. So, but it does a job. You got to crank it to get it going. <laughs> yeah. You, you hit the primer three times, it gets. Yeah, <laughs> that's that. Uh, that story about your hard drive reminds me of uh, Jimmy Duresta was telling a similar story. He's heading out to uh, the West Coast, out to California, to, to record the third season of the Making It show with uh, <clears throat> with what's um you know with uh, with uh, Ron Swanson and yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Amy um, Poehler and Amy Poehler and uh, and he yeah, he took he took uh, I think he said that a hard drive with. Everything from the last year and a half, all the videos, all the vlog stuff he shot is all on this one hard drive. Yep. And he's like, well, you know, I have this hard drive. He's like, I don't have anything backed up, but I want to bring it with me just in case I need to work on more videos or whatever. And, and the other guys in the podcast are like, you don't have it backed up anywhere? And you're just taking this hard drive with you across the country to California? What's wrong with you? Like, yeah. And the saddest part is I know if I didn't give it that special treatment and put it in that special spot wherever it was, it would have yep. made it here just fine. Yep. So. Yeah, it would, yeah, exactly. It would have been in whatever random place, and you would have found it in two seconds. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, in that, that same topic, I uh, I have most of the Articrats and Chip videos pretty much on one hard drive. So <laughs> we'll see, folks. But, I guess after this, I'm going to have to back it up to 10 different things. <laughs> They're also all online. Yep. <laughs> on, you know, That's on true. YouTube I mean, forever, it's out so. there. You have the final product, but yeah, you can dig back and see everything. I know. i got to get like a... Uh, a 10 terabyte super thing and put them all in there and then back that up with another 10 terabyte. And then put that in a safe deposit box. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then my sure kids will go. get it out when I'm long gone and they'll be like, this is all he left me, something I can't use yep. with his old YouTube <laughs> show. Yep. Thanks for nothing, Dad. But hey, all those negatives was... in my fridge will still be there. <laughs> yep, there you go. Right, exactly. I'm like, what's this plastic paper with pictures yeah. on it? Throw it away. Yeah. I think it'd be probably harder for you guys to do what you do on like a Super 8 or Super 16, though. <laughs> Right. <laughs> Isn't that what you started out Devin used mostly was uh was like eight mil uh Super Eight, right? When you were doing like in high school shooting video and stuff? No, you Super Eight's film. Oh. What's uh, uh, it was it was just uh, uh what the what's the micro, Mini D V R uh, Mini yeah. D V R. Yeah. Um yeah, those small tapes. That was mainly yeah, what yeah, it is. Did you ever see that um Christopher Nolan movie um about the chess it's, it's called Pi, I think. And it's about the, um, I think he's a chess player, um, and it's got the old guy from Breaking Bad who blows, I won't, I guess I shouldn't give away the ending, but. Spoiler alert. Yeah, I know. Um, Tuco's uncle, and he's in it, but it's crazy thing. Um, But he, I think he shot all of that on like Super 8 or Super 16. 
Mm. Oh, you mean like the original pie? That's like the black and white. Yes. Pie. Yes. yes. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. I know that yep. movie. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. Right on. <laughs> Man. Yeah. That's, I think that's one of those things that people do for novelty and then it turns out working really well. Oh yeah. And it looks <laughs> awesome yeah. too. Let me, let me you look, know? use some old camera right. and shoot something. Yeah. Devin, didn't you say that they like, they, uh, did that with a bunch of Hollywood cameras and stuff, pulled out these really old cameras and stu- do stuff like, uh, was it the guy who did uh, no country for old men? And mm-hmm. like old cameras or, or just like the, the, the Coen brothers. I got to see yeah, that movie, brothers, man. Yeah. <laughs> yes. You haven't seen no, no country for old no, men cause it's oh, not, or high gosh. fidelity. It w- no, I haven't. <laughs> or <laughs> the two ends of the spectrum. I'm, I'm what really doing? showing. What are you my, doing with your yeah. life? <laughs> <laughs> He's showing his young age. No country for old men. Callum Wall city. No, it's not. Well, the well, the book's older. It's from the '90s, and then the movie came out. It's the probably one of their greatest yeah, movies. What I are know. you doing with I your don't time? Know. I, and, and <laughs> are you still 16 years? The old? Big Lebowski is my favorite movie ever, so I have even less of an excuse oh, yeah. to. Yeah, what are you doing? No, I don't. If it's not on Netflix, it doesn't exist. That's. <laughs> well, I'll send you a DVD on the Pony Express and see if it gets across the desert. Deal. Deal. <laughs> Devin, he'll burn the only copy he has and send it to you. D- you know what? I, I don't even think we have a DVD player, so. <laughs> <laughs> he'll send it on a hard drive. <laughs> yeah, there you go. He will throw it into his desert backyard and shoot it with a shotgun. <laughs> Pull. <laughs> I got to get better That's at that, great. man. I... <laughs> oh man, I've missed so many birds this year. It's not even like the one that's easiest easiest hunt in the game, bro. It spreads. Rabbits are the easiest. Well, Rabbits. What are was the it? Uh, somebody I forget who is my buddy Brian. I think was telling me you know like uh, you go to the range and the the clay pigeons they fly in a in a straight line right they come out mm-hmm. they just fly across and you you track them and you pull the trigger it's like right. birds don't do that that often they come out they turn they go all over the place yeah. <laughs> it's not nearly as easy when it's alive yeah <laughs> I don't know it's this is like the first year I've done anything like that but um you know quail is is very is very fun because you can hear them calling um and you don't even have to get up super early and you can hear them calling and you just you know kind of track them down and. Oftentimes you'll see them on the ground, and if you don't have a dog or whatever, you'll just walk to them until they flush, and then um, it, you know it could be a, a pretty good good size. So I've gotten some that yeah. way. And then there's this other bird that lives out here called Chucker, which I had never heard of mm-hmm. until I moved to Nevada, but it's like the national pastime of Nevada, and um, they live up on the up on cliffs, which is their you know kind of security mechanism. So they say the first time you go out for them is for fun, and then the second time is revenge. So <laughs> that is the truest statement. How would you, how do you flush out a chucker? Um, basically what I did, um, the first oh, time nice. and only time I've ever been able to find them actually is, uh, you want to get on top of them because they tend to flush uphill okay. for security, I guess, cause it's generally harder for predator to, to go uphill. Um, right. Right. So what happened was you'll hear them like, dark, 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 you know, Something like that, mm-hmm. and uh, Go yeah, because they don't need to be quiet because you nothing can get to them. <laughs> but they laugh at you. They laugh at you. That's their thing. So I just got on top of them, and um, and basically, you know, I was never done this before, obviously. So I, I was like, yeah, I'm gonna just come over that ridge, and then as soon as they see me, they're gonna take off, and you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna get a couple chuckers. It's a real big deal. And as soon as I went over that hilltop. Um, they like, you know, screamed and made a whole big commotion and took off and I wasn't expecting them to be right there. So I was like, Whoa. And then I like freaked out and I, you know, I, I couldn't get a shot off in time. So 
I shot my foot. <laughs> no, <that> it. <laughs> not yet, not yet. <laughs> I did. Uh, I did some. What do they call it? Sport clays, right? Where they shoot. The, yeah, uh, the, I think that's the clay supposed to be the best. All over the place. Yeah. Right, because they come from either side, and, and mm-hmm. someone can choose. And I, um, I think the pressure is probably equal for you, Matt. As, as for me, I, uh, I went with my father-in-law and brother-in-law. <laughs> So I had to show off. Uh-huh. I had to go, all right, here we go. I better hit some stuff. Yep. But those are cool because they do the rabbits that bounce across the ground. They oh, shoot they do? The ones way up on, yeah, they shoot ones way up on towers. They shoot ones from behind trees that would just come out of nowhere. Oh, that's neat. And nice. it was the same thing. It was it was like uh, it was like an 18-hole thing, so we kept score. So much fun. Awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> they, have a, they have a sporting clays course up, up here. Um, really nice, really nice range, but... I don't know. Ammo so expensive now, and I don't think it'll yeah. ever. Well, you get your father-in-law to pay for it, and it's <laughs> bad. I know. Yeah, well, and the, the sad part is, my wife is a better shot than I am. You know, at pretty much everything. Nice. So I have to live with this scarlet letter of, you know, which actually does make me feel better. You know, in some ways, I'm glad that she's somehow freakishly talented don't piss her off (laughs) (laughs) we're serpentine your way out the door yeah exactly run run and scattered scattered, she's got the patience uh, of job and every time i come home like hey it's me honey it's your husband (laughs) who is coming in the front door now (laughs) stomping along Uh unload (laughs) unload (laughs) yeah but i'm very proud of her for that for that one thing and not even to get into the music thing we're yeah. 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 That's, there's, uh, I remember, I think Devin, you might have said something about this to me, but I think, and about like really enjoying the fact that the person you're dating and the person you're married to is, is really good at something on their own. And they got something mm. that they're really good at, really talented at. That's, that's not, you know, has nothing to do with you do. And it's like their own passion. It's just right. like that passion in people that, uh, I think that draws us, especially those of us who are makers and doers and people who want to create things. You know, you're drawn to other people that have that ability at some point or not, you know, but yeah, (laughs) it's definitely something on its own. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. You got to have your own thing. And it's nice, you know, whenever, like I'll go out hunting or whatever on the weekends and then I'll give her some time to decompress probably and play the piano. Oh, nice. Right on. (laughs) Cool. All right, well, uh, we are we're getting to the end of this session, Matt. It's been super awesome. Um, we uh, we like to finish up with recommendations of uh, either Instagram or books or movies or just something that we're inspired by that we want to kind of share with the world. Um, and I know Matt, you said you have something. Do you want to see? You want to start us off? Oh yeah. So got a lot of stuff, but I decided to kind of narrow it down, and I think that this would fit really well in kind of the over theme of you know what you guys do and talk about a lot is the SAS survival handbook. And Mm -hmm. I got this when I was, you know, 12 or something. And it's (laughs) 600 pages of how to navigate, how to read the clouds, how to read a map, you know, how to sharpen a knife. Did did you get it from the the British guy who taught you guitar? No, I didn't. (laughs) (laughs) George. No, they don't don't have any public land out there though. I, I think, you know, it's all, Right. I don't know. Like they're all the fish are owned by the, by the the crown or weird. I don't know. That's a that is a rabbit hole that I can't get down. But you know, <laughs> desert plants and how to make shelters and how to make campfires oh, cool. and knots and sort you know all sorts of stuff like that. But um, I found it when we were moving and I have it on the coffee table and I still dig into that just because it's illustrated so well 
and it goes into you know all these these different practical survival techniques and all sorts of cool things so that book is definitely great for anybody interested in just even spending a modicum of time outdoors nice sis survival handbook awesome all right i'll go next uh so there's uh, not too far from where I live in northern Baltimore County in Maryland, um, there is a place that I've driven by probably a hundred times. And there's a sign outside and, you know, near the road and it says guns and there's what looks like maybe a, uh, like an AK or something on the sign. And, and then right below the sign, there's another sign that says Slaysman's Forge. And so I've driven by it and I've been interested wow. for a long time on what Slaysman's Forge is. And I was like, is, does that have to some, do something with guns? Is that just what they call it? And um, funny story, my, my wife was looking on Facebook Marketplace recently and saw a, a woman who was selling giant hula hoops. So the ones that you see where the people have <laughs> like a black PVC and it's, you know, six, seven, eight feet across. And this woman had, for some reason, had tons of them and she was selling them for five bucks a piece so my wife got in contact with them we're like that'd be kind of fun get a giant hula hoop so she went and she picked up two of them and it just so happens that the woman who was selling these uh these hula hoops was the wife of the guy who runs slaysman's forge and slaysman's forge is an actual forge he does all sorts of decorative iron work and uh you know for all over maryland he's up in northern baltimore county where there's a lot of like big you know big farms and big houses and people who have like these older older buildings that they want to have this decorative iron work so uh, you can find him on uh on instagram at at slaysman's forge s-l-a-y-s-m-a-n so slaysman that is such a cool name yeah, so cool. And that's that's actually his last name. Uh, <laughs> his last name is Slay, Slay, Slaysman. Uh, but yeah, so uh, check him out. Um, he's a, a Maryland blacksmith. And uh, my wife talked to him. I was like, oh, my husband's going to love this so much. And he's like, tell him to come up anytime. He's got you know, all sorts of cool oh, stuff. Man. So I gotta, I've been wanting to stop by for years, and I just never have. It's never been convenient. And now that, now that I know he's uh, the husband of the hula hoop woman, <laughs> <laughs> walk in and talk to him about that. And then you know, get into blacksmithing and stuff. So. Slaysman Forge on Instagram. Ooh, yeah, we got to go do that. Yeah, yeah, right. Um, my recommendation is a little film called Crossroads. Yeah, now, it's not the, the Britney uh, Spears. Britney Spears, <laughs> no, not that one. <laughs> it's the 1986 film. Uh, it's got uh, Ralph Macchio, Mr. And, Steve uh, Vai. Steve yeah. Vai, he's the oh. the player. Man, I. Uh, Jamie Gertz, which is the girl in that, super hot in that. I think mm-hmm. I can say that she's like maybe seventeen or eighteen in that. So, but anyway, <laughs> um, just a super uh, a great film, a great blues film, so a great music yeah. film. It's one of the things that got me into music early on. Yep, like blues, that type of thing. Our dad showed it to us, like, hey, you got to check this out. And um, it's got such good music scenes and it's such good blues music scenes it's about a white kid from long island who wants to play the blues and he gets made fun of he gets this Mm -hmm. guy out of an old folks home and he goes down to the south and he wants to learn some lost robert johnson tunes yeah uh, it goes from there but man what a good every song in that every blues song is good Mm -hmm. every every part of it and the 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 jam at the end is so good yeah uh which 
It was Ry Cooter and uh, Steve Vai. I, think I forgot they, they about Ry Cooter, man. Yeah, wow. They were the they were the main musicians on that, and uh, yeah. just the greatest dueling guitar scene I think in like music history. It's solid. Oh, it's so good. And the scene in that movie where he, uh, where where she leaves him in the middle of the night, and he's like, it's early morning, and he's sitting there. It's raining outside, and he's playing his electric guitar, and yeah. and uh, Blind the Dog Fulton is just like saying how like. You know, like man, you know, he's talking about how that's the real blues. Like it's sad, mm. and he's playing slide, and it's right. oh man, what a what a movie! Yeah, that's a good one. Dang, I gotta go watch that now. <laughs> yeah. that, oh, that guitar battle is iconic. Yeah. Oh yeah, oh, so good. <laughs> yeah, that now I gotta watch the Karate Kid as well. <laughs> Rough. <laughs> we all got a lot, a lot of movies, movies we need to watch after. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, uh, Matt, can you give us one more before we go? Recommendation? One more song. Yes, I can. One more song. One more song before you go. Hmm. Give me some ideas. Just a song. Uh, Play something. Play some. You have something that's a little faster. (laughs) (laughs) Not not like crazy, but just, you know, you have something Mm -hmm. with some riffs and stuff in it. Yeah, I can can do a little outro. Why don't I. uh, Okay, so. The intro music. Here's a little yeah. inside tip. That is a simplification of an old bluegrass tune called Nine Pound Hammer, which mm-hmm. you guys probably mm-hmm. know. So maybe I'll just riff around on that for a little bit. Maybe All right, yeah. We'll see how terribly this turns. And I don't charge for mistakes, as I should Bluegrass is the pinnacle of guitar playing, I will maintain, and yeah. I am not a bluegrass player. So, Oh, man, that was great. That's uh, so awesome, man. Matt, thank you so much. This has been it's been a blast, and uh, I really appreciate yeah. you coming out and hanging out with us and chatting. And, you know, we all have so much history now with the channel and the music and stuff, and I'm sure our listeners are going to love it. So, All I know is nice talking to both of you guys again. It's been a long yeah, time. Too, buddy. <clears throat> 
All right. Well, thanks so much for everyone for listening. Uh, this has been a blast. We are on episode number 20, 20 episodes Woo. in. It is crazy. But uh, you guys can, uh, you know, if, I know you found us on however you found us. You found us through looking through us on Google or you're, you're searching through iPads and you hit somewhere. But if you're looking for a bunch of good makers, definitely go check out the Makery Network. Um, just a whole bunch of really awesome uh, podcasts and, you know, good friends of ours who have podcasts and then just some people that we know and just building this community of really cool uh, makers and people who want to talk about their passion. So go check that out on the Makery Network. Uh, you guys can find our the Art of Craftsmanship on YouTube. At the Art of Craftsmanship. You can find us over uh, on Instagram at the Art of Craftsmanship and then you can also support us on Patreon um, under the Art of Craftsmanship as well. Yeah, and uh, Matt, any last uh, you want to... You're mainly the Instagram, I guess, the Brown Sound. Yeah, it's uh, underscore the Brown Sound, underscore again. Absolutely. Yeah, so definitely go follow Matt. Check him out. He's he's living a, a cool uh, life out, you know, motorcycles and outdoor stuff <laughs> and beautiful wife and fun, yes. fun, uh, fun life, man. So thank you so much uh, for joining us, Matt. Devin, Absolutely. it's always a pleasure. And uh, yeah. everybody, thank you guys all so much for listening. And we will talk to you next time. Bye. If you like this show, take a look at our other shows made for makers just like you at www.makery.network. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.